Hey, chaps. Happy Tuesday. Here we are. Alrighty, so just going to read ourselves a, a little blog post uh, that I made yesterday. Men are spiritually mandated to protect women. Women are spiritually mandated to help men. In an all-male environment, a woman's help is either unnecessary or dangerous. And we see this in uh, DVG. Hey, brother. Welcome on board. All the glory. You know, we see this obviously in a, in a combat environment, in, in the police force, in, uh, you know, the fire department. Um, even, even to an extent, sports, even though sports is, is segregated and divided uh, by gender, you just see that, that in male dominant environments, male uh, duty environments, you know, we look at what is the purpose of an army? You know, what's the purpose of fighting men of, 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 of war if it's not to protect your women and children and to steal from other men's women and children? Those are kind of the two, uh, the two or to steal from other men, you know, what they have built. Those are the two kind of motivations of war, if you want to call it that, right? And so when you push women and children into the combat zone, it's because there's obviously no men to left to protect them, you know? So like you look at child soldiers uh, in Africa, it's because the gangs or the, the, the tribes don't have an, enough men to fight. So they're like, sweet, child soldiers, let's go abduct a bunch of children and, and drug them up and indoctrinate them into being child soldiers. And then in, in communist Russia, where you saw huge um, divisions of women soldiers or women pilots, it was again because they were just their their war machine was just a blunt force trauma instrument of just we need people to run into machine gun fire and it's like well we're out of men uh, let's let's get the ladies involved. Do Yaman, how's brother? And so when you look at it that way of of the purpose of a soldier is to protect his woman and children on a very base, very uh, just natural level, you know, same again with police, police work, right? What is, what is the role of a policeman? The, the bearer of the sword. It's to enforce laws against unruly men. <clears throat> the Soviets still Yemen. The Soviets found that combat stress made those women infertile. Fascinating, fascinating, you know, Whereas I feel for a lot of men, if you ask them about their, their days in the army, you know, my parents' generation in, in South Africa or, or, you know, all these veterans here in America, you ask them about their time in the military, it was some of the best times of their life. Friendship, you know, purpose, meaning, danger. It's fascinating. So, so the purpose of a policeman uh, is to go and confront wicked men, men who are breaking the law, men who are uh, disturbing the peace uh, and women to an extent. Uh, but, but it gets dangerous uh, when there's men who are drunk or who are, are breaking the law or who are um, uh, causing violence. So to put a woman, uh, to expect uh, of a woman to go out and enforce laws uh, against drunken or, or drugged uh, or, you know, men who are, are, they have their back against the wall. It's like, this is just insanity. Um, and so, so from that, uh, kind of, uh, you know, even, even in a biblical mandate, you know, to, to have a woman, um, to have a woman kill a soldier was not a glory to the woman. It was a shame to the man, you know? So uh, anyway, in an all male environment, a woman's help is either unnecessary or dangerous, unnecessary because you're cutting out opportunities for lower status men who are able to do the task. Just because a woman can do a man's duty doesn't mean that she should. You know, so so in the old days, even to the extent of, of like a clerk or a, a secretary or a, an assistant, uh, it was all it was all young men, you know, coming into into the 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 economy uh, with low jobs, you know, nurses were men. Uh, all these these things that are now customarily ladies' jobs, 
uh, were once all done by lower status men and that was their way of getting into the door of getting their foot into the hierarchy uh, to then you know have the ability to climb the hierarchy and dangerous because inviting women into a male space takes the men's focus off of defeating the enemy and onto protecting the woman you know so as a police officer if your partner is is a lady half of your energy is like how do i protect this lady from getting you know if we're gonna that's it if you're if you're gonna go and and bring down the hammer against some some guys who are dangerous you don't want to be thinking about the competency of your partner it's like no we're both beasts we're going to take this guy down and, and if i lose sight of him not really worried because the guy can handle business but when when, when your partner is a lady it's like crap i have to babysit her while defeating um, an enemy dbg in leviticus god even mandates that if a woman grabs the testicles of a man even to protect her husband in a fight it was such a shame for her to get involved she had to have her hand cut off pretty intense <clears throat> any objection to her presence is fought by men who think that their protection will be rewarded by a sexual chance with her or other women who may see their chivalry the mission and culture degenerates into infighting for sexual availability the woman gets a high from being fought over by higher status men and being in control of lower status men she doesn't even have to give the sex just the submission to a man's protection is enough to energize a lot of men who have never felt the power of protecting a submissive woman. It, again, because it's such a spiritual mandate, a lot of men who are brought up in an unnatural state of, you know, like crazy angry woman or like, you know, just, just a, a broken natural state, like the, the natural family has never been modeled or demonstrated to them. To have a, a woman, uh, a feminine woman especially, um, submit to them, is a like whoa like it's that that meme where there's that cartoon of the butterfly of like is this power <laughs> you know of like yeah it's like it, it's you're understanding the mandate of protection uh, that a man carries like okay it's my duty to protect uh, this woman and so a lot of men have never felt the power of protecting a submissive woman this is seen in the work wife where a lady is sweet and submissive to her colleagues or boss and forms an emotional bond where they begin to protect and favor her. Intrusion into all-male space usually happens in three ways. A, the girl is attractive enough or sex scarce enough that the majority of the men want her there. You know, you, you think about that in like the army of like where it's like all dudes all day long, you're on the backside of a desert and it's like, can be the ugliest girl in the world, but all the dudes are like, a woman. Like that's a, a very hard uh thing for a lot of guys to be like no she shouldn't be here it's like i haven't seen a woman in five months like she should be here you're going to get a consensus of like yeah yeah it's fine let let the woman be here b the men are foolish enough to think that the woman will be helpful to the mission and culture and and this is what we see in the church a lot you know the bible clearly says that there's a prohibition on women being a pastor or or a teacher and so we we we're foolish enough to go against God to, to, oh, well, you know, that was cultural or it was a misinterpretation or it's like, uh, but, but the men who are doing this are foolish enough to think that that is no, it's not God's wisdom, that their wisdom is greater than God's wisdom. It's it, you're a fool, right? That's what a fool is, is someone who thinks their, their ways are wiser than God's ways. And so you think that the woman will be helpful uh, to the mission and culture. And so not only are you going against biblical um, instruction, but also you're going against uh, revealed nature, right? A lot, of, a lot of Christians were brought up so liberally. You know, we're, we're in such a liberal frame. Then heap on top of that nice guy Christianity. And we have zero idea about sexual market value, zero idea about masculinity, femininity, polarity, the feminine imperative, um, the patriarchal mandate, uh, gender roles. We have, we're clueless. We're like lambs to the slaughter, you know? And so when you say, you know, when it says uh, in Timothy that, that a pastor should be the husband of one wife, you know, it's like, well, why did they put that in there? It's like, oh, he has to be faithful and he has to be a family man. It's like, it's like, no, because, uh, polygyny would make this guy who's the high status guy in the church all the young girls are going to be like 
I want to be the pastor's wife. And it's like the pastor starts collecting wives and he has like five wives and all the young dudes are now like, I hate this guy. He took the girl that I was interested in. And it's like, okay, guys, if you're going to be the pastor of a church, be married to one woman, stop taking all the young guys' wives, stop introducing sexual competition into what should be a very safe hierarchy for these young men and encouraging these young men to marry and encouraging these young men to gain honor in the hierarchy and become honorable and, and attractive and desirable men. And so Christians are clueless about natural revealed sexual dynamics. You know, what happens when you put a woman over men, right? The, the, the woman desires to control men. You know, it says that in Genesis, your desire. So, so your desire will be to control the, your husband, the man. And so you put them in control of a whole bunch of, of guys who have less status than her. Like, She's just become God. You know, it's like, oh, Scott, that's pretty sexist. Men do the same thing. Men are power hungry and men want to be in. It's like, yeah. And and there's a a way for men to challenge. And there's a way for men to to graduate from under that control by gaining honor themselves. If you attack a lady by confronting her or by uh, surpassing her in honor, it's like you're now, they play it both ways. You know, So, so a lady wants to be treated um, equally to a man with honor, but not equally to a man when it comes to responsibility and uh, competition. You know, so if you if you say to a boss, babe, like, you know, like, nope, like, not interested. <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm going I'm going up and not I'm not worried about this dynamic of treating you with feminine wiles and guiles. She's gonna shriek and run to authority. You know, it's, it's the hilarious thing of like all these guys who say like, um, you know, women shouldn't preach or whatever. And it's like, then just don't go to a church where a woman's preaching. Um, and then it's like those girls shriek, you know, the, the whole like Beth Moore thing of like shriek and run to run to um, authority, which is often a, a higher stand, the, the father figure or a husband figure to put these young men back in line. Whereas if a man is over a man, it's like, you don't like what he's doing and you leave and you're like, yeah, I don't agree with that guy's church. I don't agree with his, with what he's doing. Uh, I'm leaving. It's like, yeah, fine. Go do your thing. But there's a different dynamic. DBG, if women were not in the military, we wouldn't uh, need to spend millions of dollars on programs like these, mentalhealth.gov. (laughs) <laughs> and pay disability money. Exactly. DVD, the Bible uses the exact same phrase to describe Eve's desire to control Adam. Your desire shall be for your husband as he used when he described sin, wanting to control Cain. Sin desires you. Yeah. It, it, sin waits at your door, waiting to, to pounce and devour you. Exactly. Um, so let me carry on with, with our, our reading, our reading this morning, taken from the blog chapter, something, something or other. Alrighty. And then, so, so the three ways that, that intrusion into all male spaces happens, A, the girl's attractive enough or sex scarce enough. B, the men are foolish enough to think that the woman will be helpful to the mission and culture. Uh, or C, there is outside pressure to control the men by making them take women on board. You know, and you see that like with the Boy Scouts, right? So the Boy Scouts, it's like, no, you can't have an all male space. We need to control that. So the first thing is we allow ladies uh, to be the camp leaders. The second thing is we allow uh, homosexuality to be promoted and and uh, not just accepted or tolerated, but promoted and celebrated. Uh, and then third is like, well, now girls must come into the space. So it's like there's a, a outside pressure to control what the men are doing by by inserting ladies in there because they, they know that once you put a lady into an all male space, the the trust is gone. The the safety not that men desire safety. We don't need safety. We want danger. But the safety of being honest, the safety of being naked together, the safety of of appearing vulnerable, right? Men don't want to appear vulnerable to women who can now control that. You know, so for, for two men, to for one man to say to another man, for Jonathan and David to say to each other, um, hey, man, uh, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I've been doing. Here's my whole life history. Here's my, here's all my, my closet, my dirt, my everything. And the other guy to say like, yeah, here's all mine. Here's all my stuff. That's how brotherhood brothers 
are created. And often by doing things together, right? You you do a dangerous thing together or a naughty thing together or a, a taboo thing together. And now there's a, a level of intimacy uh, above uh, just the everyday man in the street. But you put a, a woman in that position and you're like, hey, uh, Susie, here's my past. Here's my bad laundry. Here's what I'm thinking. And immediately she's like, I can control him. I've got, I've got, I've got a, I've got a piece of, uh, uh, of evidence that I can hang over this man for the rest of his life and I can dox him and I can, uh, betray him and control him unless he does what I say. And so, so that's what happens in an all male space is like, are we good? Are we safe to be, to be who we, we honestly want to say and be and do. And you, you put a, a, you put a, you, you just prick that bubble when you, when you put a lady in there because it's the dynamic is not, okay, pushing each other to danger. It's control. If it was an all-male space, it was that way for a reason. That reason being that the mission and culture of the all-male group shifts from defeating the enemy onto protecting and even competing for the submission of the woman. And also, people may die. When a man is killed, we celebrate his life and contribution, his sacrifice to the mission and culture. You know, that, that's our heroes. Those are the heroes of our past. Our men who gave their lives for great missions. However, it is a significant moral blow when a woman is killed. Not only are we attracted or sexually bonded to them, but we endure the guilt and shame of failing to protect them. We have failed to uphold God's mandate. No no man looks at a woman who went out onto the streets as a police officer or a fire lady or a, a soldier to go and die with like, you could be a random 40 year old dude who blew his life out on cocaine and you've just gone through rehab and you've got no family. Like you're a deadbeat. You have zero honor. You could be that dude and go out and fight for the, um, Who's that group, the, the PNG or whatever in, in the Middle East fighting for their independence? Uh, and you could, you could die on your first day out there, you know, random accident in combat. And guys would be like, he died. That dude died a glorious death. He, he died on his way to go do something dangerous and exciting. A woman could do the, op the total opposite. She could, she could be, uh, you know, a top-ranked soldier, high status in the hierarchy, uh, on a lethal mission to kill Osama bin Laden. Uh, and, and with her last shot, she kills uh, Satan himself, the most evil man on earth. Uh, and she dies. It would be a tragedy. It would be an honor. Like guys would be like, yeah, we should have protected her. Like we feel icky about this. We feel bad that a woman died on mission. Like something went wrong somewhere. You know, there's this like guilt and shame because it's like we're mandated to protect women not offer them as sacrifices. This is why men unconsciously treat women with favor. We are spiritually mandated to protect them. They are the weaker vessel. And instead of keeping them away from harm, we justify their presence and we even celebrate their promotion into harm's way. This is as a culture, obviously. It's not, it's not our natural. When a man weakens the group, he is disciplined or ejected from the group. Not so with women. She is treated to a different standard, nor does she want to be treated to the same standard. You know, even in the military, like they lower the standards for women to pass. For a guy, imagine a guy goes to ranger school and he fails the, the test. And they come to him again and they're like, hey man, we're doing ranger school again, but would you like to do the lower graded test and, and we'll, we'll run you, we'll pass you through. And it's like, for the rest of his life, that dude would be like grating that he wasn't, he'll look at all the other rangers and he'll be like, I'm inferior. I'm a lower standard. I, I didn't match the, the badge that, that you get that says I passed the standard. I'm a fraud. Uh, you know, for a man, it, it would destroy him. He's like, no, I'll do it again until I, I reach the standard. A woman wants the highest status man she can get to protect and provide for her. That's her uh, strategy for honor, right? Because women fit into hierarchies by attachment to their father, brothers, 
husband and or sons. So that is the ladies strategy for honor in a hierarchy is I am pegged to the highest status man who will take care of me, who will protect me. You know, so if your dad is like some crazy, super high status guy, then that's who you're pegged to. I am the daughter of, you know, this guy. Um, and you won't marry down in status. You, you'll, you'll marry across or up, you know. So because if you marry down, you're transferring your status from, from your high status husband to your low status, from your high status father to your low status husband. And that's a problem. So now there's going to be problems where like, well, daddy always paid for my trips. Well, daddy always uh, had nice cars. Well, daddy always had a huge mansion. Like I'm not going to do this poor guy life, you know, and that's a lot of, of trouble uh, with marriages in, in the, the modern culture is daddy is a wealthy, a wealthy old guy who, you know, we go on trips to Florida all the time. And, and now you marry some young 20 year old guy starting out. And of course he's not going to have, you know, a hundred grand a year, like, let's go do everything we want to do. And it's like that, that, that status pegging is real because in her mind, this is the status I lived at. And so economic class of status uh, is a very real dynamic of pegging yourself. And then when we get to, to careerism, you know, a lot of women are like, well, I'm a PhD physicist, or I'm a boss babe who makes, you know, hundred grand a year or I'm whatever they're there. I'm in the army. I'm a police officer. I proved that I'm a woman who could do everything when actually, you know, they're, they're single, right? They've left uh, the, because they don't believe in patriarchal covering. So they've left the, the covering, the authority, the relationship uh, with their father. And now they're just a single girl out on their own, strong and independent. Um, and so they, they realize that they're now alone that they don't have, they're not pegged to anyone and they're trying to compete as a man in the masculine hierarchy, right? Whereas a woman who, who marries and understands like, I'm the helpmeet of this man. I'm going to help his status go to the moon because I'm pegged to him going to the moon. And then when she has a whole bunch of sons, she's, she's like, I'm going to help my sons become high status because she's pegged to her sons, right? So, so this PhD, you know, 50 year old lady, who's like, I'm so high status boss, babe. I've got 20 research papers and, and 20, you know, whatever the awards and all of this stuff. And then you've got a 50 year old lady with, with three or four sons who are just high status. It's like, we know who's higher status. A man's value to his hierarchy is determined by his strength versus weakness, his courage versus cowardice, and his mastery versus incompetence. So those are the three things that that get us higher uh, status in the hierarchy in the in the sight of other men. How strong are you? How cur courageous are you? And how masterful are you at what you do? A woman's value to her man is determined by her beauty versus ugliness, obedience versus rebellion, and helpfulness versus independence. You know, so that's. Mm -hmm. How, you know, when we're looking at ladies and we're like, wow, that's a valuable lady. It's probably because she's beautiful, obedient, and helpful. You're like, whoa, that's amazing. And girls that we're repulsed by is like ugly, rebellious, independent. In the male space, women have two strategies for climbing the hierarchy. Become a work wife or become a boss babe. If she decides to become a work wife, she uses her beauty, obedience, and helpfulness to secure the protection and provision of the higher status men around her. Married women don't want sexually available women around their men. If their husband is away at work on a mission, they don't want him to be surrounded by younger ladies who are competing for his favor and resources. They, they understand this. Ladies understand the dynamics that are going on. If you put a high powered executive, big shot businessman, and you give him a young lady secretary, like, hello, the young lady secretary is gonna be like, I'm gonna use my beauty. I'm going to use my obedience. I'm going to use my helpfulness to gain this man's favor. And so often she becomes the work wife, you know, whether that's physical or not, you know, oftentimes it is, but it's like, hello, it's a very real dynamic happening here. Der Yoman, the Israelis had female regiment. It lasted two weeks on the line. It was pulled because of ties and because they couldn't stop the surrounding male regiments moving out of position to save them. 
that is hilarious. The casualties instead of ties. So, sorry, it was pulled because of casualties and because they couldn't stop the surrounding male regiments moving out of position to save them. And that's it. It's unnatural. Like, not that we're like, you know, they were probably very frustrated. Like, oh, we have to have women here. But it's like, okay, we are legitimately concerned to not impugn our own masculinity, impugn our own honor by not saving them. DVD, absolutely. Uh, the IDF got pointed to so much as a success, but it's only a two-year service and was just usually party time for everyone. What's funny is that as women have entered the sciences, the research focus has turned from new scientific discoveries, i.e. let's go to Mars, to why aren't there more women in the hard sciences? The Yeoman, and they only brought it back after it was disbanded because of a court challenge. Plus, it's kept up to strength with men. Yeah, crazy. Why, why would you want to prove that? Oh, women can go and grind away for 50 hours a week, just like men. Why would they want to do that? Oh, women can go and uh, have a meaningless uh, opioid uh, life, just like men. Why would they want to do that? Men don't want to go uh, have a grinding 40-hour cubicle job. Like, why would a woman want that? Because she's equal. It's like men don't want to go and get their leg blown off by an IED in the Middle East. Why would a woman want to do that? Because she's equal. She can have her leg blown off even better than a man. Beget. All righty. If she decides to become a boss babe, which is the second strategy, she takes on the masculine virtues of strength, mastery, to fight the higher status men at their own game. This ironically makes her ugly, rebellious, and independent. You know, it's that whole thing of like, I'm a strong, independent woman. I can do it myself. Don't hold the door for me, you bloody bigot. Don't pull out that chair. How dare you? And why aren't there more women in science? I'm the best scientist around here. When a man punches back, because that's it. If you're going to fight men at their own games, like a man's going to punch back. You know, if you're going to fight and strive and, and I'm, I'm just as capable as any man. And it's like, all right, that's fine but then you fend for yourself. And so when a man punches back guys, and runs to the highest status man who will protect her from this mean and dishonorable attack or appeals to lower status men to come to her aid, thus the proliferation of white knights who ride in to save this damsel in distress, hoping to be noticed by her for their bravery and protection of her honor. Boss babes are second-rate men and odious women. Proverbs 30.21 puts it, the earth is disturbed by an odious woman who is married. And so what it's saying there is by a, a independent, rebellious, ugly woman who is supposed to be under authority. Promoting a woman above men also changes the status strategies for the men under her. They now have to be wary of openly challenging a woman and by extension, the men who are protecting her. So that's a big one as well, is if you have a boss babe, it's like, who's the man protecting her? Because there is going to be a man who's either promoted her to that position or is covering her with, with his blessing. And so you see that with a lot of uh, boss babe preacher ladies or boss babe uh, girls, as soon as they get attacked, they run to someone. So when you attack them, by extension, you're now attacking their father or husband figure. Uh, that they are pseudo married or submitted to. So men now have to be wary of openly challenging a woman and by extension, the men who are protecting her. And so subversive and effeminate relational politics take hold among the lower status men. This is known as political correctness, right? We can't say certain things or do certain things because the woman above us is going to get upset. And we can't just focus on the mission chaps, just do the work. It's like, no, no, no. There has to be some form of relational subversion and stuff. Cause it's like, it doesn't matter who's doing the work the most. If the lady doesn't like you, right? What matters is, does the lady like me? And I don't even have to do the mission because, Oh, we get along so well. We're just great mates. Like everything's great. I look like I'm doing the work. I, I do all the right things. I make her feel great. And you have these like relational subversion alliances, survivor games, going on where it's like in order to get promoted i need to be in the good books uh, of a woman who's controlling me and, and overbearing <clears throat> tutsamanga they want love yeah that's it you know men want respect women want love 
And that's a meme. It's like, oh yeah, bro, 1980s want their catchphrase back. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a meme that is played out very very clearly, you know. And mission organizations, masculine spaces, um, while there is a lot of brotherly love that goes around, that's a a fruit, a product uh, of mission, of respect. Uh, you know, no one wants to be loved uh, by the the lowest rung status guy in the organization. For, for us men, we want to be loved by saying like, by having the highest status guy say, Flip Scott, that's a bloody good job. He has a medal for risking your life for the mission. And all the other guys are like, flipping machine. You know, and it's like, yeah, I feel loved. For the first time in my life, I feel loved. You know, whereas women, they're not going to go hard after uh, the mission. They want to feel loved first. Like, first, let's all have a corporate lunch. First, let's all have a corporate culture session where we love each other and tell each other what's great about each other. Then from that place of feeling loved, we can achieve the mission. But what's more important than the mission, even if the mission never gets done, we love each other, guys. <laughs> DBG, the South African feminist with gender confusion are here. Yes. Alrighty, DBG, human resources becomes a male protector. Yeah. Yeah, the institution uh, takes on, uh, you know, a patriarchal institution uh, can protect uh, the, the ladies that it is, is using to control uh, and keep uh, a certain worldview or, or political correctness uh, intact. Tutamango, where are all the female Jack, the Rippers, and Mozarts? Yeah, you know. Men and women are very different, both unique qualities, of course. Men have mania more than women. TVG, busy defending themselves from HR complaints. De Yeoman, women don't understand authority within a hierarchy, so they're always insecure in their power. I've seen a Fortune 500 chairwoman get into a row with her secretary and it levels down to a catfight. Yeah, you know, men, men, it's that whole thing of like, I'm a man under authority, you know? And so within the hierarchy where we understand who do we give honor to, who do we obey, who do we, uh, yes, sir, no, sir. And we also understand there's a moment for me to do a David and Goliath moment, right? But it's not a Absalom and David moment. Right. So in order, you know, if I'm in this hierarchy and I never see the big boss, you know, the big boss doesn't even know my name. The way for me to be seen by him is to go and kill a giant for the mission. And, and then uh, the big boss is going to take me straight to the top and I've bypassed everything. And it's like, that's great. That's a, a natural way of doing it. But if it's a, I'm going to kill the king, like this is a female thing, right? This is very feminine strategy. How do I get the king to notice me? I'm going to, I'm going to quote tweet him. I'm going to throw shade at him. I'm going to uh, cause drama so that the man has to st step in and sort out the drama and then he'll notice me. Yeah. So, so when it comes to, you know, my whole, my whole uh, point of what's going on here is we have a misplaced vision. A there's, there's a lack of vision and demonstration for patriarchal traditional gender roles and traditional, you know, if you if you look back to World War Two, it was probably the huge turning point. World War One, World War One was the 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 breach in the dam. World War Two was the dam just collapsing, where all the men, like for the first time, we have an industrialized war, right? So before that war is a couple hundred thousand guys fighting a couple hundred thousand guys. We kill a, 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 a small percentage. Everyone goes home. We've satisfied our manly desire for honor keeping. You know, show off, kill a few guys, go back home. Industrialized war comes on. And instead of being a few hundred thousand guys, it's now millions because we've got the, the ability to logistically put them in the field, keep them in the field, arm them, right? The armaments just go crazy. So instead of just killing 10% of, of the force, we're now killing 100% of the force and constantly just pushing, all right, more men into the trenches. And so what happens is we totally take the whole uh, masculine uh, population and put them in the field to fight for the first time ever. And so back home, the women have to enter the economy. They have to leave the home and they have to go to the factory. They have to drive the trucks. They have to keep the trains running. They have to grow the food. They have to do all the things that men were doing up until that point, right? So they get a taste of it, right? And the, 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 the freedom 
of, you know, all the dads die, all the husbands die, all the brothers die. And so that patriarchal check on society that was like, no, Susie, you can't go sleep with everyone. Like you stay at home and you'll be a virtuous girl and we're going to marry you off at 18 uh, and, and you'll, you'll live a fulfilled, fulfilled life with a, a nice young man that we've vetted and is high status and you're going to have a family and it's like you're going to be a mom and a homemaker and a, and a wife and you're going to help your husband go to the moon. That infrastructure all died in the trenches, right? So now you have all of these orphaned girls who are now earning money. They're out and about. Uh, they're free from any sort of um, societal uh, guide rails, you know? And so the feminine imperative just goes crazy, right? We go to World War II and it's like any vestiges of masculinity and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the men are just wiped out even more, right? So, so boom, two generations are wiped out. And again, the women are forced all into the factory. They're forced into logistics. They're forced into production. And, and again, the husbands are killed. The, the fathers are killed. The brothers are killed. Uh, and then we have this, this, all the, the, the soldiers come back and, and there's kind of nihilism, right? Because it wasn't a just war. You know, they try and make these movies that, uh, that World War I was a war to destroy the evil monarchies. And World War II was a war to destroy the evil Nazi Jew killers. And it's like, no, there was no righteous just wars happening. It was brother wars, right? So even though a Frenchman is very different to an Englishman, even though a German is very different to an Englishman, me going over and killing... Uh, and seeing the destruction and destroying, uh, I am become destroyer of nations. Takes just a, a nihilist, like nihilism of, you know, I, I almost think that the guys in the Pacific uh, had an easier time not losing. Uh, yes, it was more insane. Like the Japanese were just insane and like terror, but they weren't, it's not a brother war, right? The Japanese don't look like us. And so there's less of a conscience thing of killing brothers and doing uh, horror uh, to, to people who look like you, right? So anyway, they come back, the baby boomer generation, and there's free sex and free love and nihilism uh, and materialism. Uh, and, you know, this. I think all the, 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 boomer, the baby boomers, uh, in the, all the guys coming back from the war, sorry, the greatest generation, they want materialism. They want safety. They want comfort, right? Because we've just... All we've been doing is just for two generations, poverty and violence and destruction and, and ravaging uh, Christendom. And so you come back and you're like, I just want a nice house in the suburbs. I just want peace and prosperity for the rest of my days. No more fighting, no more crap. And then their children are the, the hippie love generation of like wars are a bunch of crap. It's military industrial complex. Uh, the women are now all at university and getting jobs and, and they don't want to be moms and homemakers anymore because, you know, I, I think again, that, that, that greatest generation is like, we're not going to discipline our children because like, man, life. Is and so uh, DVG, that's why the allies and Axis soldiers would share holiday meals in the European theater. They knew they were kin. Yeah. You know, that, that soccer match on, on Christmas Eve in, in the trenches uh, and singing, Christmas carols together. And it was a Protestant brother war, you know, and same again, uh, you know, uh, where they're singing Silent night uh, and all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, even Patton, you know, Patton gets to Berlin and he's like, we've, we've destroyed an honorable race. We've destroyed an honorable civilization, you know, and no one ever talks about this, but the Bolsheviks were busy killing 20 million Christians. And Patton was 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 woke to all of this, and he's like, "Sweet, let's turn the Wehrmacht around and let's let's go to Moscow. Let's clean this up." The whole war was started uh, over Poland. Who got Poland? Uh, the Russians. You know, the poor Polish were 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 used as the reason to start this war. Uh, and anyway, I digress. This is not a World War II uh, nihilism show. Uh, DVD: The Destruction of the Patriarchs. In World War I and World War II, opened up society to the rule of capitalism and materialism over cultural traditions and heritage. Exactly. Tutamanga, I remember watching you talk with Willem. Uh, you mentioned your trip to USA and felt at home. Yep. And we fought the wrong enemy. Yeah, exactly. No more brother wars. Yeah, you know, so so we get to this place now where 
where we've got all these ladies in the workforce, they've got the taste for independence and all the stuff. And, and we no longer, I think there's also a certain, like a certain dread of like, if you've had five, six children and you've seen them all go and die, you're not going to tell your daughter that family is everything because you just, you lost the very meaning of your life, which is being a, a mom of, of sons. And so I'm sure there was some form of, of scarring of trauma of like, you don't want to have sons because they're going to get sent off to the next war in 10, 15 years, which ironically happened with Vietnam. A whole bunch of boys, they all get sent off to war again. <clears throat> anyway, so, so we have this crazy breakdown of tradition, crazy breakdown of patriarchy, crazy breakdown of, of biblical meaning of life. Um, and so, so, you know, that whole thing we spoke of the other day of like, ladies fill the container they are given. The container was broken. The container never came home from the container died in the trenches. And so a new container comes liberalism, right? Enlightenment was all the enlightenment values were always permeating and corrupting and, you know, the capitalism and the nihilism material, but, but the men were holding things together and they die. Right. And so this, this is incredible release of feminine energy. And, and that's when you look at Woodstock and, and free love hippies and, and all this stuff. It's an incredible, this very um, patriarchal, work hard, rugged individualism uh, past that all died. So, so we get to where we are now and girls, they're brought up knowing number one, we're brought up in a school system. That's just crazy brainwashing us with feminism, equality, all this stuff. Uh, but they're told that they're the same as a boy, right? And they can do all the things that a boy does and they should do all the things that a boy does. And so by the time a, a girl starts getting to 16, which was the traditional age of marriage and, and, you know, girls like, cause a lot of, a lot of Christian parents nowadays are like, Oh yeah, my, my 16 year old daughter's on birth control and having sex with her boyfriend. And you say to them, well, like, don't you think she should be getting married at 16? And it's like, <gasps> like, that's ridiculous. You patriarchal bigot. And it's like, okay, you have for her to go and have sex at 16 and do all the things that a wife should be doing. Uh, but the moment you say that there, there could be a young man who will love her and protect her uh, and treat her well, and, and she's not going to uh, go and get gangbanged at university, and she's not going to have to go and do a 50-hour cubicle job for a man uh, who abuses her and, and he, she's now the work wife to some guy. It's like, well, that's terrible. We've lost the vision. You know, we, we've said before on, on Twitter, I think we've been having a chat with a few of us here, but, but youth group, the, how do you know your youth group is winning? Are the kids getting married? You know, at teen, it's like, sweet, are you getting married? But the question is, what university are you going to? How much debt are you bonding yourself into? How many guys are you going to go and get drunk banged by? How uh, how much career are you going to go and chase? Um, and there's this lie on on the ladies that like, you know, even Christian pastors are afraid to to speak on this of like, don't go to university. Like we highly dissuade university. We highly dissuade career seeking, boss babism, work wife ism, right? And we highly venerate the housewife. We highly venerate marriage. We highly venerate having many children. Um, it's like you literally would be considered like some crazy uh, neo-Nazi, something or other. Uh, DBG, um, wait, where am I? Where am I? John Terry, how's it, brother? Uh, guys, I think this is Tutamanga. Guys, I think many are working to this culture is being threatened all over. Yeah, nationalism rising. DVG, our chat panel should meet sometime. Yeah, definitely so. Go have a pint. Um, and then they get depressed and leave engineering jobs and so on in massive numbers. Yeah. Ironically, DVG, Germany had a fairly healthy, correct view of the genders. They elevated polarization between the sexes. They honored the gendered naked body as honorable. De Yeoman, but Scott, Dr. Spock said, all you need to do is support your children, nothing else. You know, Dr. Spock's a, a bloody communist it means setting a vision for your young daughters of like marriage is your purpose in life. Your, your, the thing you should be uh, wanting to pursue, you know? And so it, it was really great. I, I spoke to, 
must have been like, I don't know, 21, 22 at the time. And uh, we were um, visiting with some pastoral friends of ours. And I was like, wow, they did it right. But I asked their teenage daughter, I was like, you know, because I was still in the liberal frame. I was like, oh, so do you know what you're going to do after school? And she's like, I'm just going to marry some rich guy and be her, be his, I'm just going to marry some rich guy and be his wife. And at the time I was like, that's a bit like cheeky. But I look back now and I'm like, yes, they got it right. They got it right. Look for a high status guy, marry him, be his helpmate, take him to the moon, have many children, raise them to love the Lord and fear the Lord. Like, wow, what a great, like, this is how we change culture, you know? And instead, uh, that's not definitely not the case. Um, and then for young men, uh, you know, sexual market value of, of we're not teaching young men to be patriarchs, you know? So we're learning by reading red pill blogs and uh, day game blogs. And, you know, we have to go to, to the heathens to go and see how they're abusing all the women to, to kind of get a natural swing back into a masculine patriarchal mindset, a frame, right? And so for the young men, it's like, how do you, you, we have to set a vision for them, demonstrate what it means to be a strong man who protects and leads and provides. We have to set a vision of like, you don't live your life to please women. You live your life to, to fulfill a mission to please. And so teaching Teaching sexual market value in the church, guys are petrified because they're like, Scott, are you telling young men that they they should be uh, they should have uh, strong demands on women? It's like, yeah. And are you teaching that they shouldn't go to college and be a boss babe? Yeah. It's like we need a new vision. We need to demonstrate a new culture. And a lot of that starts uh, with masculine and feminine correct um, roles and correct biblical thinking. All righty, chaps, I think I'm going to, uh, can't even think of my words. That's how you know I've been speaking too much. I'm going to wrap it up is what I was looking for. So I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I think one of the, the, the fun, exciting things is seeing the rise of, of, you know, men want to talk about three things, young men, teenagers, we want to talk about three things, race, sex, and money, because those are the three things that are so men are equal to women, uh, you know, debt and inflation is good, print it all, you know, or let's not even talk about fiat or whatever, you know, so that, so all of reality in front of us, reality is screaming out at, at, at young men, you know, and we're like, wait a minute, like everything I'm being brainwashed is not really what's going on in front of me. And so we have this incredible pressure, this incredible despondency of, or nihilism of like, everything's a lie and we want the truth. And what's the truth? God's word, you know, and everything is a loss. We want victory. We want to win, you know, and what's, what is victory? It's Jesus' blood, you know? So there is, there is a, a true biblical Jesus, Jesus lensed um, race, sex, and money that we should be very open about, very uh, demonstrable, very uh, vocal about, especially to the young men, because they're hungry. They're hungry for truth. They're hungry for bravery, for, for power encounters of strong men who are saying, you know, here's the truth. Here's, and it, this doesn't have to be stupid ways of go lose your job and go um, fed post on the timeline and go fed posts, you know, to the HR and stuff. No, no, but it's like to the young men, in your influence, whether your own children or, or the, the young guys around you. But it's like, hey, here's reality. And it's like, yes, I want reality. You know, we, as young men, you know, we, we're looking through all these blogs of, of red pill blogs and uh, manosphere blogs. And it's like, you almost feel taboo because it's like the whole world is screaming. Even the church is screaming that this is sinful. This is wrong. This is incorrect, politically incorrect. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, for the first time I feel free for the first time. I feel I'm not broken for the first time. I feel like I've been seen. Like I'm not the only one who has these thoughts. I'm not the only one who has these uh, feelings that like things aren't quite right. And, you know, for so long we've been pressed down and keep quiet and, and obey and you're being dishonorable. You're grumbling. You're all this stuff. You're, you're a bad Christian. You're a bad boy. You're a bad man. And it's like, no, like <laughs> I think guys who think like us, it's like, God is like, that's my boy. Like a little bit more, like 
keep, keep, keep researching, keep going down the rabbit hole, keep talking, keep meeting these other guys. Like we are the, we are the monks in the dark ages, keeping this, some sort of uh, fire alive for the future of Christendom, you know, because right now the church is just wholesale on the liberal worldview, enlightenment worldview of, of, you know, yeah, let's just throw our lot in with clown world so that we can win clown world. And, and whereas like, I feel the Lord is saying to us like, no, like we're building a whole new world. We're building a whole separate, like we're, we're building a wall and we're, we're, we're blocking clown world out. We're cutting clown world out of our life and, and we're building a new world. So I'm excited about it. DVG. Yes. And those are the only three things the church refuses to discuss sex, race, and money. DVG strong experienced men should be teaching the younger men about race, sex, and money. Yep. Only black rappers can talk about these topics. It's why even white boys listen to it and go wiggle. Yeah. And, and you know, like there's this, and I think that's why we're attracted to rap and all the stuff is because it's like, it's masculine, it's violent, it's raw, it's powerful. And it's like, you know, I, I personally hate rap and it's like, but I can see the draw, you know, it's like, wow, they're actually dealing with the, the raw primal. Yeah. And that's the whole purity spiraling thing. You know, guys, we're not here to control other men. You know, that is the PC paper walls of, of terror uh, that is like, oh, you have a bad thought control. Oh, you have a bad thought kicked out. Oh, you have a bad, like, and so now guys don't communicate their thoughts, you know, but instead if it's like, yeah, man, let's be honest. And, and again, that takes an all male space. It has to be in an all male space and it has to be in an all male space that is safe uh, from purity spiraling and um, virtue signaling, right? Because if, if you come into my group and you share with me something that is taboo and I, I oh, I'm just going to put it on Twitter that this guy's a bloody, uh, bigot yeah you know and i ruin your life and i dox you and stuff and it's like you're never gonna have growth uh into god's ways the ways that are taboo the ways that are against clown world uh if you keep referring back to clown world and keep appealing to clown world all righty boys god bless you may the lord speak to all of us